Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Mr. Classic Wrestling Podcast. And today I'm going to go over my review of WCW Slamboree 1999. Starting off the evening, we go to our first match of the night. It is Raven and Saturn versus Dean Malenko and Chris Benoit versus Rey Mysterio and Billy Kidman in a triple threat tag team match for the WCW Tag Team Championships. Uh, again, this was a really good opening matchup, pretty much a back and forth matchup between all teams involved. Uh, Dean Malenko and Chris Benoit were keeping the pace of the match. Uh, then a masked, supposedly, I thought it was supposed to be a person from the audience. Uh, he had a mask on, ends up attacking Billy Kidman. Raven ends up hitting his signature DDT on Billy Kidman, pinning him for the three, and your winner of the match, or winners of the match, if, I, if you will, are Raven and Saturn. After the match, though, it was discovered that the masked person was none other than Chris Canyon. Again, this was a decent opening matchup for Slammerie 1999. And again, I mentioned this multiple times in the past, man. The cruiserweight division. Now, there were, again, this was a tag team matchup, but there, there were some cruiserweights in this match. Dean Malenko, Rey Mysterio, Billy Kidman. You know, the cruiserweights to me set the tone for what WCW was all about, in my honest opinion. Um, and they had a phenomenal cruiserweight roster. And again, hats off to Raven and Saturn for getting the win in this matchup. Moving on from that, we go into our next scheduled match on the card. It is Conan versus Stevie Ray. Again, this was an okay matchup. Um, pretty much a back-and-forth matchup between Conan and Stevie Ray. NWO are here. They end up attacking Conan. Mysterio was here. He ends up uh, attacking Stevie Ray, which causes Conan to hit the roll-up on Stevie Ray. Pins him for the three, and your winner of the match is Conan. Again, it was a decent matchup. I don't think you're going to get a whole lot out of Stevie Ray and Conan. And my honest opinion about Stevie Ray Phenomenal tag team when he was teaming up with Booker T and Harlem Heat. Harlem Heat is a phenomenal tag team. And I'm not taking anything away from that tag team, man. Harlem Heat was one hell of a tag team. Uh, as far as a singles run, though, for Stevie Ray, it just wasn't there. I I'm sorry, man. I mean, I know they were trying to do this whole who was going to be the enforcer, if you will, for NWO, whether it was going to be Vincent or Stevie Ray. Um, obviously, NWO kind of dropped the ball by having Vincent be the so-called bodyguard for NWO when Stevie Ray, that guy's a unit. That guy's massive. Uh, Stevie Ray probably would have fit better into the fold as being the bodyguard for the NWO than Vincent was. But there really wasn't no uh, booking direction, in my honest opinion, for Stevie Ray. It just was not there, man. Stevie Ray was better off sticking it out with Booker T and Harlem Heat. Um, obviously, Booker T had a better singles career than uh, Stevie Ray did, hence the reason why he was five-time WCW World Heavyweight Champion. But, it, you know, them splitting up and not being a tag team anymore did not benefit at all for Stevie Ray. But – uh Hats off to Conan for getting the win in this match. Moving on from that, we go into our next schedule match of the night. It is Brian Nobbs versus Bam Bam Bigelow in a hardcore match. Uh, again, it was an okay matchup. Uh, Brian Nobbs quickly attacks Bigelow with a trash can. Uh, Brian Nobbs was keeping the pace of the match, but it turned out to be a back-and-forth matchup between both Brian Nobbs and Bam Bam Bigelow. Bigelow then hits a suplex on Brian Nobbs on a table. Um, and pins him for the three, and your winner of the match is Bam Bam Bigelow. A couple of things I'll say about this matchup and the hardcore division for WCW, and this might be a little bit of a rant, but, I, you know, this has to be said. The hardcore division for WCW was absolutely and utterly trash, in my honest opinion, man. I mean, look, people can say what they want, and a lot of people are going to shit on e, uh, ECW, you know, because it wasn't pure pro wrestling. Look, man. ECW brought in a concept that no one else was willing to have the guts to do and bring a hardcore uh, element, if you will, to professional wrestling. And a lot of companies weren't doing that. 
you know, Vince McMahon and WWE weren't doing that. Ted Turner and Eric Bischoff with WCW weren't doing that. ECW was kind of like the punk rock, if you will, of pro wrestling. And Paul Heyman said it perfectly, man. You know, they kind of brought this punk rock aspect into professional wrestling, an in-your-face kind of we-don't-give-a-damn kind of feel to professional wrestling. And they put on phenomenal matches, man. And ECW, anybody can say what they want. ECW is always going to be synonymous with professional wrestling because of what those guys did and how they changed the game. And if you, if you tell me they haven't changed the game, then why did WWE create a hardcore championship and have a hardcore division, if you will, as, as well as WCW? Now, it might have worked out a little bit for WWE in their favor for having a hardcore championship because, I mean, to me, Mick Foley is the embodiment of a hardcore champion. I mean, the guy has wrestled all around the world. You know, mankind's definitions right there with hardcore. I mean, Cactus Jack, Mick Foley, you know, that guy is hardcore. The matches he had in Japan, the matches he had in Japan with Terry Funk, um, even matches he had with a, a company known as FMW, which they're known for death matches. You know, this guy's wrestled all over the world. So it kind of worked out for WWE, where WCW didn't have a Mick Foley or a Cactus Jack or a Mankind for you know, that company. They just didn't have it. I mean, in their hardcore division, you had guys like Norman Smiley, Fit Finley, you know, Brian Knobs. Yes, you had Hack, a.k.a. Sandman, and Bam Bam Bigelow. Those two guys alone were the only two legitimate hardcore guys you had on that roster as far as a hardcore division for WCW. You had nothing else. Um, but hats off to Bigelow for getting the win in this matchup. But the hardcore division was not needed for WCW, man. I thought it was absolute trash. Moving on from that, we go to our next schedule matchup on the card. It is Rick Steiner versus Booker T for the WCW Television Championship. Again, this is an okay matchup. Uh, Rick Steiner was keeping the pace of the match, but it turned into a back-and-forth matchup. Scott Steiner is here. Scott Steiner ends up tripping Booker T. Rick then uh, lands a bulldog off the top rope on Booker T, pins him for the three, and your winner of the matchup and new WCW Television Champion is Rick Steiner. Um, again, not a bad matchup. I was a big fan of the Steiner brothers growing up, man. I thought the Steiner brothers were a phenomenal tag team uh, and legitimate wrestlers, man. Obviously, you know, being wrestlers for the University of Michigan. Um, and they were they were fan favorites, man. They were babyface tag team. Um, obviously, it, it kind of goes hand in hand with the Harlem Heat situation, you know, where when the Steiner brothers kind of split up, you know, it kind of more benefited Scott than it did Rick. Now, obviously, Rick won the NWO, uh, NWO the WCW Television Championship, but it wasn't like he had a a synonymous career as a singles competitor than he was in a tag team with Scott, where Scott well, had a singles run, you know, was booked in the main event, multiple, multiple times uh, WCW World Heavyweight Champion, you know, and television champion and so on and so forth. So it, obviously it benefited more Scott Steiner than it did Rick. But again, hats off to Rick for getting the win in this matchup and at the time becoming the new WCW television champion. Moving on from that, we go to our next match on the card. It is George versus Charles Robinson. Again, I thought this match was absolutely ridiculous. Um, it, was, it was pretty much back-and-forth matchup, but uh, George ultimately hits a uh, elbow drop off the top rope on Charles Robinson, pins him for the three, and your winner of the match is George. Again, it was a ridiculous match. It really was, man. I mean, I don't know who booked this matchup, but it was ridiculous. Uh, Charles Robinson, if you guys don't know, Charles Robinson is a referee. Uh, I believe he's still refereeing for WWE till this day, I believe. But uh, this match was awful. I don't know who booked this match, man, but it was not needed whatsoever. But hats off to George for getting the win in this matchup. Moving on from that, we go to our next schedule match on the card. It is Scott Steiner versus Buff 
Bagwell in a WCW United States Championship match. Again, it was an okay matchup. Uh, Bagwell attacked Scott. Pretty much a back-and-forth matchup. Scott was keeping the pace. Scott then uh, – Rick then attacks Bagwell. And your winner of the match is Scott Steiner. Again, it wasn't a bad matchup. You know, but you're not going to get a whole lot out of Bagwell. You're not going to get a whole lot out of Scott Steiner. It's just not going to happen. Bagwell, to me, is in the you know the category of a fifth Finley Disco Inferno. It just does not work, man. And obviously, yeah, he had a little bit of a stint in WWE, but as you all can tell, that didn't last long. Uh, Bagwell's gimmick just did not do it. When he was Marcus, you know, Marcus Bagwell, when he was teaming up with uh, Two Cold Scorpio back in the early days of WCW, that was great. You know, the tag team was phenomenal. They were doing stuff that a lot of tag teams weren't doing as far as high-flying maneuvers and stuff like that. This just was not doing it. You know what I mean? Bagwell was more – I think Bagwell was the kind of guy that was more into himself than he was actually becoming a pro wrestler, in my honest opinion. You know, and I might be wrong on that. There might be people out there that are Bagwell fans. Hey, God bless you. But that guy ain't no wrestler. I'm sorry. Yeah, the move was cool. The finish, the blockbuster, yeah, that was cool. I will give him that. But other than that, no. Nine times out of ten, you had a botch match with Bagwell. That's just what was going to happen. But hats off to Scott Steiner for getting the win in this matchup. Moving on from that, we go to our next schedule match on the card. It is Ric Flair versus Roddy Piper. Again, it was a good matchup. A lot of history between Ric Flair and Roddy Piper. Pretty much a back-and-forth matchup between Flair and Piper. Piper was keeping the pace of the match. Arn Anderson is ring time, uh, ringside. Arn ends up attacking Piper. Flair then hits Piper with a weapon, pins him for the three, and your winner of the match is Ric Flair. But Eric Bischoff is here. He comes down to the ring. Eric Bischoff tells everybody in the crowd and the referee that Piper had won this match, and he saw what happened and what Ric Flair did to Piper. And then Piper ends up firing Ric Flair. Now, this match stipulation was who was going to kind of control WCW because at the time, Ric Flair was the commissioner of WCW, and he pretty much controlled everything. He you know, booked the matches. He was the head booker. He controlled everything for WCW at the time, at least on TV he did. Once he lost his match against Piper, Piper kind of had the opportunity to be the commissioner now and be in charge of WCW. And then with that being said, he ended up firing Ric Flair. Um, but again, this was a time, you know, where WCW really wasn't the same. And a lot of things were starting to unfold and not go, starting to go downhill rather than uphill for WCW. But hats off to Piper for getting the win in this matchup. Moving on from that, we go to our next schedule match on the card. It is Goldberg versus Sting. Again, it was a good matchup, back and forth matchup between Goldberg and Sting. Uh, Goldberg hits a humongous botch in this match. I mean, it was brutal. Man, he just kind of like flipped Sting up in the air, and Sting just dropped right on the wrestling mat. It was brutal. I, I didn't know what the hell he was doing. Uh, Bret Hart ends up showing up. Hart then attacks Goldberg with a chair. Steiner's then attacks Sting, and this match ends up turning into a no contest. Um, I wish this match was a clean finish, man. I mean, Goldberg. You know, he had obviously had that, that long winning streak, and they were building Goldberg up to be this indestructible force until he lost to Kevin Nash. Uh, but he still gave up, you know, phenomenal matches. And Sting, Sting was the franchise player for WCW, man. He was the franchise. You know, no disrespect to Shane Douglas, but Sting was the franchise player for WCW. He was the guy, man. He was the icon. He was the guy that started with WCW and stayed there till the wheels literally fell off WCW when they were bought out by Vince McMahon and WWE, he stayed. And he stayed loyal to Ted Turner and WCW. I just wish this match was a clean finish, man, because I feel like these guys would have stole the show that night if it was a clean finish. But moving on from that, we go to our next match on the card. It is the main event of Slamboree 1999. 
It is Kevin Nash versus Diamond Dallas Page for the WCW Heavyweight Championship. Again, it was a good matchup, pretty much back-and-forth matchup between Nash and DDP. Nash ultimately hits a jackknife powerbomb on Diamond Dallas Page, pins him for the three, and your winner of the match, and at that time, new WCW World Heavyweight Champion is Kevin Nash. Again, man, this was not a bad match. It really wasn't. It was great to see Kevin Nash beat Diamond Dallas Page. I don't have anything against Diamond Dallas Page, but I feel like the right direction was to have Kevin Nash get the championship and win this match. Now, as far as Slamboree 1999, I'm going to be brutally honest, man. I thought that pay-per-view was absolute trash. Uh, you know, by now, if you guys check out these podcasts, I always do these reviews. I always give these pay-per-views a rating at a 1 out of 10. I'm going to give this one maybe a 3.5, maybe 4, if best. Um, this pay-per-view was lacking a lot, man. It just I don't know who was booking this matchup, these matchups on this event. It just was all over the place, man. I mean, Conan Stevie Ray, I definitely could have done without. You know, to me, one of the best matches on here was the first match, the tag team match with Raven Saturn, Dean Malenko, Chris Benoit, Rey Mysterio, and Billy Kidman. I thought that was one of the best matches on this card. Other than that, man, I mean, Brian Nobbs and Bam Bam Bigelow could have done without. The George versus Charles Robinson match could have done without. Uh, Scott, uh, Scott Steiner versus Bagwell, I could have done without that too. Bagwell is just a trash wrestler, man. I'm, I'm sorry. If you're a Bagwell fan, I apologize, man. But Bagwell is just not it. It's just not happening for Bagwell. And he didn't do a damn thing in his wrestling career, in my honest opinion. It just was not there. Uh, and then, obviously, Ric Flair versus Roddy Piper, to me, was probably the match of the night on this uh, pay-per-view. A lot of history between Ric Flair and Roddy Piper, two absolute legends, Hall of Famers. Um, and every time you see Roddy Piper, man, he always gives you an entertaining match. And uh, that's exactly what we got in this match against uh, him and Ric Flair. So, to me, I think the match on the night on here was Ric Flair versus Roddy Piper. But uh, this is my review of WCW Slamboree 1999. I hope you guys are out there staying safe. Be careful and remember, stay classic. Peace.